Uh, so because we are gathered here today, it is obviously Sunday, and that means you don't even have to look at a calendar for this. That means tomorrow is Monday, and already some of us are thinking about Monday, and we are dreading it because tomorrow is back to work. Tomorrow is back to school. Tomorrow there will be loads of things to do around the house. And so we dread Monday. It gets to the point where we can't even really appreciate and enjoy Sunday because we're already thinking about what we have to do on Monday. It's not just us. This goes on all around the world. We all deal with this. Monday morning comes and the alarm clock goes off and we want to hit that alarm clock again and again and again and again because we don't want to get up and go to work. We don't want to do all the things that we have to do. We dread Mondays. It's actually become the punchline of many jokes. Here's a couple of recent comic strips dealing with Monday. Some of you are familiar with the comic strip Maxine. Here's what Maxine says. If each day is a gift, I'd like to know where to return Mondays. And just last week, we had five Mondays in December. Just last week, the Garfield comic strip on Monday of last week put this out. Yet another day, there ought to be a law. Five Mondays in a month is just wrong. We don't like it. We don't like work. We try to avoid work. We want to get out of it. And, and the question we have to ask is, why? Why do we dread Mondays? There are lots of reasons. For some of us, here's a few reasons, for some of us, it's just that work is very hard. It's really difficult. It, it may even make our bodies ache. I have several family members who are in various trades, uh, some carpenters and some heating and air conditioning. I have family members who work on assembly lines in a factory, and they all tell me the exact same thing. They say, when I was in my 20s, I could do this with no problem. But now, as I moved into my 40s, or my 50s, or my 60s, this work is hard. It makes my body hurt. And so many of us don't like work, and we dread Mondays, because the work that we are engaged in is just difficult. It's really labor. And so we don't like it. Some of us dread Mondays because we have jobs that we're just not really very engaged in. We're kind of bored by our jobs. We're going through the motions. We need to work because we need a check, because we have bills to pay, but there's really no satisfaction in our jobs. The Gallup polling agency has done a survey for several years on what they call worker engagement. And what they mean by that is how enjoyable is work? How into work are these people? How engaged are they? Are you just going through the motions at work? Are you daydreaming a lot? Or are you really paying attention and really dialed in at work? And Gallup has found that in their latest survey, one-third of American workers, one-third, say they are engaged at work. That means two-thirds are just kind of hanging out. Now, I think the worst part of this number is when it came out, Gallup was celebrating because that one-third number is the highest they've ever gotten in any of their surveys. 
celebrating the fact that two-thirds of the people at work just don't care what's going on. Some of us are just outright bored. I have a friend who is a security guard in a high-rise in downtown Chicago. He is the overnight security guard. That means his job for eight hours is literally to sit in a room with no windows, staring at several video monitors to make sure that nothing goes wrong in this high-rise. And because it's a high-rise in downtown Chicago, nothing really ever goes wrong. And so he has to go into work every single day knowing my job is to sit and stare at these screens to make sure nothing ever goes wrong and nothing ever, ever, ever goes wrong. His biggest job is to stay awake during all of that. How engaged do you think he is in his job? Not very. Uh, just going through the motions, needing to pay the bills. Uh, some of us, and I think this is a very legitimate reason, some of us don't like our work or don't like being at school because some of you are getting ready for class tomorrow. Uh, some of us don't like it because there are things going on that just aren't right. We're not being treated properly. We may have people who are rude to us, mean to us, students you especially may deal with this, with mockery, and so you don't want to go and do all that work in order to deal with that. There are other people who have to deal with bosses who are oppressive. You have raises that are deserved that you never got. You have promotions that you earned that you may never see. And so you don't want to go into work because you say, things aren't right here. I'm not respected. I'm not treated properly. It's a totally understandable reason for you to dread Mondays. And a lot of us deal with that and have dealt with it. Uh, final one, and I deal with this a lot. I'm just going to be honest. If I have the choice between sleeping until I wake up with no alarm clock Waking up, putting a bathrobe on, sitting in a lazy boy chair, and binging on TV all day long, if that's option A. And option B is waking up as soon as the alarm goes off, hurrying up to get dressed, get out the door, get to where I work, and work all day long. And that's option B. Which one do you think I'd rather choose most days? Right, just hanging out, just relaxing. I love that. I enjoy it. I don't get to do it a lot. And, and so that's why there are days when I just don't want to work. If the choice was don't work or work, I would so much rather choose not work. And many of us are in that same situation. It's not that we have a bad job. It's not that we don't like our coworkers. We just, we just don't necessarily want to work. Regardless of your reason for dreading Mondays, no matter what it is, no matter what's going on in your life, God doesn't want it that way. God does not want us to dread Mondays. God doesn't want us to already, as we're sitting here at Village Bible Church, to be thinking about the fact that tomorrow is going to be a day that we're not going to enjoy. God doesn't want us, when we hit the snooze button tomorrow, to dread getting out of bed because we know what we're going to have to do. God doesn't want that drive to work to be one in which we are imagining what it would be like if we didn't have to go. God wants us to thrive in our work. 
He wants us to embrace it. He wants us to get joy from it. He wants us, this may seem impossible, but he wants us to wake up looking forward to the work that we have to do. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But that's what God wants. And today, from God's Word, the Bible, we're going to look at three facts about work that I think are going to help us to stop dreading Mondays. Three facts about our jobs, whether they're in the home or outside of the home, any work that we engage in, three facts about work that I believe is going to help us stop dreading Mondays. How do we do this? How do we stop dreading work? How do we stop trying to get out of it? God has some things to say in his word. Turn with me to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, chapter 1, right at the very, very beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. Now what is going on at the beginning of Genesis, as you're turning there, is God is creating everything. The sun, the moon, the stars. Everything is put into orbit after it is created by God. We have plants made. We have animals made. We have a separation of water and continents. God is engaged in his creative activity. And when he gets just about everything made, he creates people, man and woman. Here is what Moses, writing about God's creation, says about God creating people. Now, pay attention to this because it will lead us to our very first point. It says in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, then God said, let us make man, that's humanity, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let's pause there. Our first point that will help us understand how we can avoid dreading Mondays, the first fact about work is you were made to work. You were made to work. God created you to work. Work is not a punishment. Work is not a last resort. Work is not simply something that we have to do because we have a mortgage or rent and we have to put food on the table and keep the lights on. Work is literally a part of God's design for each and every one of us. Before God creates Adam and Eve, he says he's going to give them dominion over the earth. They are going to be his representatives on the earth working and caring for his creation. Then, we saw in Genesis, God creates them, and he says again, reminding them, letting them know and reminding us that they are to work. They are to have dominion over 
everything that God has created. From the beginning, as God is forming Adam and Eve, as He is creating humanity, He is creating them, creating us, to work. So often we treat work like it's a have to. So often we treat work as though it's something to be avoided. Somehow we feel as though it is just a drag. We wonder, what have I done wrong that I have to do all of this work? But the first fact about work that helps us get to a point where we will no longer dread Mondays is to understand work is not an accident. Work is not a punishment. Work is exactly who God created each and every one of us to be and do. We are workers in God's creation. We shouldn't dread Mondays because when we are engaged in work, whether it is in the home or outside of the home, we are fulfilling God's desires for us. We are doing exactly what he made us to do. Regardless of what you do, think about what you do in the house and outside of the house. doesn't matter what it is. If you are engaged in work, you're doing what God made you to do. Do you think that brings him a little bit of glory? Do you think that honors him just a little bit? That we are doing what he has made us to do, living as he has designed us to live? Because we were made for this. You know, when the snow came this weekend, I was thinking about the fact, and I do every time it snows now, that I, for the first time in my life, am a homeowner. I've lived in a condo or an apartment for most of my life. When the snow fell, I got to look out the window and say, isn't it pretty? <laughs> and now I have this gigantic two-stage, I don't even know what that means, I'm told it's good, this snowblower. I, I'm not exactly sure everything that it does. I'm going to read the manual, I promise. And it is just waiting for that snowfall when I get to go out and plow that driveway and plow that sidewalk and... While I am kind of interested in playing with this new machine, I was very happy when the snow came and it was very light and it's pretty much already melted from my driveway. Why? Because I don't want to do work. I don't want to plow the driveway or the sidewalk. I don't want to do that. Now, the way that all of this changes, the way that my attitude is better, is for me to say, yes, but... When I start up that two-stage snowblower, I'm, I don't know yet, but I'm pretty sure you, you pull a cord, right, in order to get it started? Yeah. When I pull that cord and I get this two-stage snowblower going, and I am going through my driveway, and I am going down the sidewalk, and, and maybe going a little farther to help my neighbors out a little bit, right? That's a good neighbor thing to do. When I'm doing this, whenever we get that first big snow of the year, I'm going to be doing what God made me to do. I'm going to honor him as I'm doing this. It's not just part of life being a homeowner. It's not just the result of living in Chicagoland where we get snow. It's not just part of the drill. When I do that, even something as simple or sometimes boring like plowing snow, something like that is doing work as God has designed me to do it. And it's the same for each and every one of us whether we're doing things around the house or whether we're in an office or a restaurant or on a job site, in a classroom, wherever we do our work. The first fact that helps us change our attitudes about work 
is not to see it as just something we have to do, is not to see it as something we're doing because we clearly did something wrong and God is punishing us. We have to see it as something that honors our maker. When we work using our hands, our brains, when we work, when we are creative, when we have dominion over God's creation, as it says in Genesis, when we are engaged in this work, we are honoring and glorifying God because we are doing exactly what he created each and every one of us to do. So when that alarm clock goes off tomorrow, again, I'm not expecting anyone to all of a sudden jump out of bed excited to work. I don't expect that kind of a 180. I don't think all of a sudden they're going to say, I heard what Cisco said yesterday and I am ready to get at it. But I'm hopeful that we'll begin to see it a little differently. This isn't just a necessity. This is something that I get to do because God made me to do it and I bring him glory when I work. We were made to work, each and every one of us. But, as we've already discussed, we don't really like it. We try to get out of it. Sometimes we just daydream through it or spend time on a computer, on social media, trying to avoid work when we're on the job. Why? Why is work hard? Why do our bodies hurt? Why do we fight and argue with coworkers and bosses? Why are we mistreated? Why do we spend a lifetime trying to get to a point where we can afford not to work anymore? Why do we do all this? If God made us to work, if it's who he wants us to be, if it's at the core of how he designed us, then why in the world does everyone find it challenging? Why are two-thirds of American workers not engaged in their work? Why are they totally disconnected, zoned out? Why? Very simple, not surprising, but important for each and every one of us to remember. Sin is the reason you dislike work. Sin is why it's hard. Sin is why our bodies hurt. Sin is why we are tempted to try to avoid work, to get out of it. Sin is why there are bosses who are harsh. For the bosses, sin is why there are employees who try to sneak an extra hour or two that they don't really earn. Sin is why there is mockery and bullying in schools. Sin takes God's good design. Remember, we have to keep reminding ourselves we have been made to work. It's a part of God's good design. Sin is the reason it all gets messed up. Adam and Eve, the original people, were designed to spend eternity in the garden, working the land, taking care of the animals, honoring their maker by doing what he designed them to do. That was God's original design for Adam and Eve to work the garden, to take care of everything, and it was beautiful. But then sin enters the picture and it messes everything up. Sin ruins everything. Nothing is the way that it should be in our world, including work, because of sin. 
We have to understand this. We have to feel the weight of this. As Christians, it's really easy for us to go, oh, well, you know, there's sin in the world, and it just becomes routine. But we have to understand that the reason many of the things in our lives are messed up, this morning we're talking about work, is because of sin. It makes everything more difficult, everything more challenging. Flip with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, uh, look at verse 17. Here's what's going on. Uh, you have God creating everything, and he makes Adam and Eve, and he looks at everything that he's created, and he says it is very good. God is pleased with what he has made. It's perfect. Adam and Eve are living life in the garden, enjoying each other, taking advantage of God's command to have dominion over his creation. They're essentially working in the garden. But then there is a point where Eve is met by a serpent. This is Satan. And Satan, the serpent, begins having a conversation with Eve about some of God's commands. You see, God has told Adam and Eve, work the garden, live in the garden, enjoy the garden, eat of every plant in the garden. If a tree produces fruit, enjoy it. It's all tasty. But there is one tree that you cannot eat from. One. Anything else, eat it and enjoy it. One tree. Don't touch it. Now, any of you who are parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles who have taken care of nieces or nephews, you understand that if you tell a child, you can do anything you want today except for this one thing, what do you think they're going to be obsessed about all day long? The one thing. The one toy, the one game, the one activity. That's all they're going to think about all day long because that's the one thing they were told they can't do. And it's the same way with adults. <laughs> Tell us we can't do something, and we say, really? We'll show you. And this is what happens with Eve. As she is tempted by this serpent, Satan, to go ahead and ignore God and do what she wanted to do, Instead of simply enjoying everything else about the garden, there's that one tree that God told her not to eat of. And so Eve eats of the fruit of that tree, hands it to her husband Adam. He eats of it. Now they have rebelled against God. They have disobeyed his command. And sin is unleashed on the world with all of its destructive power. Sin now distorts everything, including our work. And here is God in verse 17. He is speaking to the serpent Satan, and then he is speaking to Eve, and now he speaks to Adam, and he is letting them know the consequences of this sin. God is letting them know how things change now that sin has entered the world. Here is what he says to Adam. Genesis 3, verse 17. To Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. 
By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So here's what God is telling Adam. It's the same for each and every one of us. He is letting Adam know you were made to work. Work is good. It is part of God's grand design. But because of disobedience and rebellion, because of pride that says, I know better than God, that's really what that first sin was all about, and I think it's really what all sin is about. Because of that, there are consequences, and sin is now active in the world around us, messing everything up. Nothing is the way it should be, including work. God says, now, Adam, instead of having dominion over all of my creation, instead of thriving, and instead of beautifully, perfectly, and easily living as I designed you to live, now work is going to be hard. Now work is going to fight back against you. Now it's going to be this sweaty, laborious activity where, where you're not going to wake up enjoying it. You're not going to wake up looking forward to it. The day before, you're not going to say, yes, I get to work. I can't wait to do this. Now it's going to be hard. Now there's going to be things and people that aren't right. Now we're going to spend 20, 30, 40 years working, being drained physically and emotionally, getting to our retirement years saying, oh, we can't wait to be done with this because of sin. Because sin messes everything up. And so now, tomorrow morning when you wake up and hit the alarm clock and don't want to get out of bed, you can say to yourself, and I can say to myself, oh, it it is sin that is leading me to have this attitude. Then, when you're in the car on the way and you don't want to go because you'd rather be back in bed, it is sin that is keeping me from desiring this work, from looking forward to it. And when you're there, if there's someone who's mistreating you, if there's someone who's mean and just not right, you can know this is not the way God designed it. Sin messes this up. Sin makes people do things they're not supposed to do. Sin is what distorts God's creation. Sin is the reason there are days that I just want to be lazy. Don't want to do anything. It's not that I take a rest. I mean, we all need rest. God has given us rest. It's good. But there are days I'm just lazy. I just don't want to do anything. And it's because of sin. It messes everything up. We have to hopefully change our thinking based on God's Word. And two of the three facts that we're going to talk about this morning... We were made to work. Sin messes it up. It's the reason that we dislike work. So we can see that work is not bad. Work is not a punishment. Work is not just the way that we pay our bills. Work is a part of how God designed us. It is good, but it is sin that messes the whole thing up. We need to remember this. The third fact that we need to remember, now this is going to depress some of you. The third fact about work that we have to understand is you will work in heaven 
forever. Now, the picture of heaven that we have is uh, people sitting on clouds, wearing togas, playing harps forever and ever and ever. And it's no wonder that there's a bunch of people who don't want to go to heaven. Who wants to sit on a cloud in a toga, playing a harp, maybe singing forever and ever and ever? That sounds miserable. But on the other hand, when I say we are going to work in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever, some of you are saying, that doesn't sound like heaven to me. But it's true. Keep in mind, God designed us to work. Sin has distorted work. But in heaven, God is going to make everything right again. In heaven, all of the sin that messes things up is going to be gone. There's going to be no more pain, no more crying, no more tears, no more death. And everything that sin ruins is now going to be made right. God's good design is going to be in place again. So in heaven, we will work, but it will be perfect. We will have joy from it. We will thrive. We will have this satisfaction in our work. No matter what we do, it will be how it was supposed to be back in the garden before sin messed it up. So when I say we will work in heaven forever and ever and ever, that's what I mean. We will be who God created us to be perfectly forever. The book of Revelation talks about the fact that we are going to be reigning alongside Jesus Christ. We're going to be working alongside Jesus Christ. It says in Revelation 22, talking about what heaven is going to be like, it says his servants will serve him and they will reign forever and ever. We will have dominion over God's heavenly creation. We will be working right alongside Jesus. And so for all of eternity, on and on and on and on, we won't be slaving away at work. We won't be wishing that we could just go back to sleep. We won't do any of the things that we do with work right now. We will say, this is awesome because it's exactly who God wired us to be. And now the effects of sin are gone. The author J. Scott Duvall talks about heaven and work in heaven this way. He says in heaven, we will not be bored or lazy or lack opportunities to serve. Heaven is not absence of responsibility and work. It is the fulfillment and completion of such things. We will do meaningful work forevermore, and we humans will do it right this time around. We will work in heaven, but it will be perfect. We will serve and have dominion in heaven, but we won't regret it. We won't try to get out of it. We won't say we can't wait for this to end. In heaven, we will work alongside Christ in the way God intended it. Now, I don't know what our jobs are going to be in heaven. I don't know what we're going to do. I happen to have two jobs that are obsolete in heaven. One of my jobs is proclaiming the gospel and preaching. I'm not going to have to do that in heaven. I'm not going to have to say, let me tell you about this guy named Jesus, because he's right there. 
We'll all be working alongside of him. So I will not be preaching in heaven. My other job is I talk on the radio. I deliver the news. And I tell people what's going on in the world. And I tell them the traffic and the weather. And, and I tell them what time it is. I'm not going to have to do any of those things in heaven. I'm not going to have to get on a bullhorn or some sort of a microphone to say, let me tell you what's going on in heaven today. Everyone's going to know. I'm not going to say, right now I'll say WBBM News Time, uh, 9.39. That's what I would say now in my job. In heaven, I'm not going to say, I don't even know how I would do this. Heaven News Time, (laughs) eternity. (laughs) I have two jobs that are obsolete. So I have no idea what I'm going to do in heaven. I have no other skills, so I really don't know what I'm going to do in heaven. But I know that God has a job prepared for me, and I'm going to do it right alongside Christ, and you're going to be working right alongside me with Christ, and it's going to be beautiful. No more body aches. No more dreading Mondays. No more mean bosses. No more lazy employees. No more boredom in our job. Everything will be as God designed it. Perfect. Having dominion over the heavenly kingdom. This time, as Duval says, we will do it right. We won't mess it up. God won't let that happen. So if we know that we were made to work, that work is good, if we know that sin is what messes it up and distorts it, If we know that we will work alongside Christ in heaven forever and ever and ever because we were made to work and it is good, then how should that change our attitudes about work? How should it change how we live our working lives, whether in or outside of the house? Here's what I think it should do. It should lead all of us to start embracing work. I think this is the mindset change. This is where our attitude shifts. Because when we know God made us to work and it is only sin that has messed it up, sin is the reason I don't like it, sin is the reason I don't have satisfaction in it, but there is going to come a day where I'm going to work perfectly alongside Christ forever and ever. That's the goal. That's the end game. When I know that, when you know that, that should completely change our attitudes, our desires, our understanding. It should change the way we work. Because now we go and we say, I am doing exactly what God has made me to do, regardless of what the activity is. I'm bringing honor to God by working. I'm fulfilling his desire for me when I work. I'm doing exactly what God made me to do. That doesn't mean that sin is not still there. It doesn't mean that the effects aren't still going to be felt. There are going to be mean bosses and mean coworkers and mean classmates. Work is still going to make our bodies hurt. We're still going to be really tired. I mean, all of that is still going to be there. It's not going away until heaven. But in the meantime, when we can see that work is not a punishment that work is not just a means to an end, it's how we keep the lights on. When we see that sin is the reason why all these problems happen, we can say, my attitude can be different. I can go into the office or the job site or the restaurant or the classroom or wherever it is that you serve, in your home, wherever, 
And you can say, now my attitude can be completely different, transformed by God and his word, because now I know that when I work, even when it's rough, even when it's not fair, even when I'm wiped out, when I am working, I am bringing honor to my maker because I'm doing what he has made me to do. And that's a complete attitude change. And I'll tell you what, if you work anywhere outside of the home, the people you work with will notice. They will notice the attitude change. They will notice the joy that you have. They will notice the fact that you're not gossipy and complaining. They will notice the fact that you are engaged in what you are doing, that you genuinely seem to like your job. And when the people around you at work see this, they're going to think something's wrong. What's wrong with you? Why are you like this? And that's when you and I have opportunities to tell them about Jesus. Why am I different? Why do I have a different attitude? Why do I approach work differently? Because I know that I was made to work, and sin is what messes it up, and I have someone who has saved me from that sin, and so I don't have to be a slave to it anymore. I don't have to get stuck in that anymore. He has given me victory over that. And if you, this is talking to your coworker, you, if, if you'd like to know about that, I'd love to tell you about Jesus. I'd love to talk to you about him. You see, our change in attitude, not necessarily the circumstances, but our change in attitude can lead us to honor God in the way that we work and also impact the people around us. We were made to work. Sin is why we dislike it, but someday it's going to be perfect in heaven forever. Three facts about work that should change our working lives. Now, I want to give two reminders here before we close. The first one is, housework is work. Now, I know some of you are saying, duh, of course housework is work. But here's what I mean by that. I don't mean, is it hard? I don't mean, is it annoying at times? What I mean by housework is work is we can't think that in order for me to do work that honors God, in order for me to do work that brings him glory, that is as I was designed, I have to leave the house and go somewhere where I am paid to work. We can't think that way. Yes, that is work, but anything we are doing, any activity like that is work. Scrubbing toilets, work that can honor God. I know that may be hard to believe, but that's work that can honor God. My chore in our house is doing the dishes. Now, my wife has cooked throughout our marriage because I tried to cook one time, and we both almost had to go to the hospital. So it's very clear that's not my gift. So she makes all the meals, I do the dishes, and I'm just going to let you know, I hate doing the dishes. I, ever since I was a little kid, don't like doing the dishes. That slimy feeling of the food that's still on the plates, it's just gross. But one of the things that helps me to have a better attitude about the dishes is the fact that when I'm doing this, when I'm cleaning them, when I'm wiping them off and scrubbing them and using the sponge and getting the soap, and when I'm doing this, I'm bringing honor to my maker because I'm working. I'm doing what he has made me to do. It's not just we need new plates and, gla- or we need plates and glasses clean because you know, we're going to eat again. 
It's not just that we need to clean these because we don't want them to smell. I'm doing this because God has wired me to do this. I bring him honor. I serve my wife and my children, and, and I serve my God when I do this. Housework is work. I don't just mean it's a chore. I mean it is a way that you can honor God. Taking care of the lawn, dusting, making repairs, all of that stuff is work that you're designed to do that brings honor to God, all of it. Another reminder that I want to give us, uh, final one, retirement is not the absence of work. Okay, some of you are upset about that one too. Don't think retirement is about doing nothing. Because here's the American dream. It's been this way for decades. I'm going to work hard for a long, long time. I'm going to get money saved up. And then I am going to retire here or somewhere else. And I'm never going to work again. This is the attitude. I'm going to get rid of work. I'm going to be done working. I have a really, really good friend of my dad's who had this as his dream. He's going to work for several decades. He's going to buy a house in Florida. And he's never going to do anything ever again. And that's exactly what he did. I'm not kidding. Worked hard, saved up money, bought a place in Florida. Every single day for the rest of his life, he would wake up, he would have breakfast, he would read the newspaper, and then he would take a nap. <laughs> because having breakfast and reading the newspaper is exhausting. <laughs> then he would wake up, he would have lunch, he would binge on some TV, he would fall asleep in his chair because, you know, TV watching, again, very exhausting. And then he would have dinner, he would go to bed, and he would wake up in the morning and do the whole thing all over again. And he did this for years and years and years and years because it was his goal, it was his dream. And, and I just wanted to say to him, but, but God made you to work. It honors him when you work. I mean, I was younger when he was around, so I didn't really speak to him in that way. I just wanted to say that's, that's not what God made you to do. The Bible doesn't say anything about retirement. It does say, honor your parents and take care of them in their old age. It says that about retirement. But it never says there's a point where we just stop working, where we just give it all up. It's one of the issues with everyone who buys a lottery ticket, right? What's the point in buying a lottery ticket? So I don't ever have to work again. But God designed us to work. Sin is the reason it's all messed up. But someday all that's going to be made right, and we're going to work alongside Christ forever and ever and ever. How do we stop dreading Mondays? How do we get to the point where we can have joy and actually look forward to it and thrive in our work? The way that we stop dreading Mondays is by realizing that we were made to work. Every single one of us, made to work. Every day that we are physically able, we are made to work. If we're unemployed, you're honoring God in your work at home because you're doing what you were made to do. If you're in a job you don't like, you're honoring God by engaging in it in an honorable way. We stop dreading Mondays when we see that each of us was made to work. Let's pray, sisters and brothers. Our Father in heaven, this is difficult because of the sin that messes so many things up, including our work lives. 
It is difficult for us to move past all of that to get to a point where we might actually embrace our work, to start enjoying it, to find the satisfaction that you want us to have in it. We ask you, God, to use this truth from your word to change our hearts, our attitudes, our minds, the way we think, so that each and every one of us can embrace what you have called us to do to move past our sin and the sin of others, and to say, today is a day, tomorrow morning, today is a day when we're going to honor God in what we do. Help us with that, God. Without you, we can't do this on our own. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen.